Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me, as always, is the... Oh my God, I stumped on it. I had it, I had it, I had it, I had it. It was all there, you know. Oh wow, I'm really, really bad at that. This is the first time, you know. That's never happened. Performance anxiety happens to about 40% of men over my age. Um <laughs> Yeah, why don't we never happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh the oppressor of the overhead squat, Bethany <laughs> McChesney. I had something better with the overhead squat thing, and then it just faded away. It was gone. It's because I didn't write it down. I thought of it like two seconds. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm still tired. No. I'm still on nights. I'm 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 allowed to be screwed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just before we start, we were talking about your training, talking about volume. Yeah. So yeah, training with Rylan right now, my volume's increased and it's okay. It's not like my volume is anything outrageous. Um, I just, I've been super, super cautious with my Achilles since I came back and I've all like just as over the last year, I've been more erring on the side of caution in general. So I do know it's time to kind of test things out and make sure I can handle a little bit more. So I just haven't really done speed work except for the few weeks before Deca Worlds last year. So it's been a bit and it, it is a lot of speed work. And then there's some interesting runs that I've never really done before, like random fart looks based on feel. Um, and I guess I'm such a uh, like follow a program, like, you know, prescribe it exactly that runs based on feel I'm, I'm like well just tell me what to do because I don't know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> just give me the numbers and I'll follow the numbers <laughs> ah. um so I really haven't executed those but, but I guess I don't really know how you're supposed to execute them so and then um we did a cadence run today which um the the idea is that the ideal cadence is around 180 steps a minute. And they say, so if it's less than that, you could potentially be under or over striding and heel striking. And then if it's higher, you could be um, under striking and potentially running too much on your toes. And um, it works kind of across the board, no matter how tall you are. And so today was a cadence run where um, we were counting steps in 20 seconds. And it was kind of interesting, actually. And I have worked on my cadence before. So that wasn't really necessary totally new to me um but actually doing it specifically in a run like that was interesting so just some different things kind of going on uh in my training which is fun new is always exciting and it kind of adds some motivation back yeah like you're enthralled with them right like you're you're the spark is there um yeah i started i started this week i had to do i had to do a one mile time trial and it was <laughs> it was for me what i would consider embarrassingly bad <laughs> really yeah it didn't go well um it, it was like a 608 it was that's not embarrassingly bad no but so last year for ocr stars uh, i did a 547 so it's 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 a good crack off for me so i mean but it's to be expected i've not been running a lot i have definitely not been doing a lot of speed work stuff and and anything i have been doing as far as running has been like you know just like yeah, it's just not been good. And it's not been consistent. So it's good. It's good to get back out and it's good to eat a little humble pie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh and and show. And like I said, at this point, in a way, I could I could take a negative away from that, that it was, you know, it was rough. 
or I could take and I could say that like I have been contending with the guys in the top 12 of my age for what I want to do for for deck for my goals and stuff. I'm still in the top 12 for the mile and clearly I am not in the best shape that I need to be. So mm-hmm. when I get in better shape and get in tip top shape, I should be right there with the best. So that's I'm taking that away. That's my takeaway. Mhm. And it's a baseline right now. That's kind of, and I mean, usually then you'll use those paces to prescribe your exactly. paces. Exactly. And I'm like you, I like the plug and pay, paste, <laughs> yeah. copy and paste pace, you know, like yeah. this fast, this fast, fast. Same with like the rower, same with like everything. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point. Like I like to make workouts for other people. I like to help them with their workouts. I like to program for them. But for me, I don't want to think about me. I want somebody else to look from the outside yeah. and tell me this is what it really looks like. This is what you're really doing. This is what you really need to do. And that's good. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the overhead squat thing, the over, obviously, uh, overhead squat. So I saw you do yours. It looked really good, actually. You looked like you had a really good number. You, um, mm-hmm. I think it could go really well for you. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, like, I don't do the movement a lot in training, but I do. Uh, I do that type of stuff often for shoulder mobility. So which uh, I do a lot of my mobility stuff is kind of in conjunction with like a strength training. So that's kind of what my Fridays have been. So the movement, I don't find the position, I should say, I don't find uncomfortable. Um, But yeah, I, I've done so gearing up for RX one this weekend, the amount of overhead stuff in my race, though, today, I did kind of the all of the overhead movements. And then I did some overhead work. And it's going to be it's going to be painful. We just and it, it actually made me it was interesting, because uh, watching the go rec games, and Brylan had said too that he was really beat out when they had to do the overhead holds. And then it kind of showed a hole in his game. And again, when you think about like OCR stuff and our functional fitness racing, it's it's pushing, pulling and hanging. And we don't do a lot of overhead press stuff. It's just not really in those races. And uh, so but at the same time, I mean, we train for so many things being a hybrid athlete that it's like, OK, so this one thing we don't really do very often. Um, and unfortunately, this RX1 race this weekend is so much overhead pressing um and which is probably one of my greatest weaknesses so it's it's going to be a long it's going to be a bit of a grind but yeah thankfully that overhead squat is not super heavy so yeah that is it is really light for for the the women's expert and i was surprised because normally like normally when you see like a men's and a women's thing it's normally and let's just use 100 pounds for for the number it's like say 100 pounds for men 70 for women right? So it's like that's 70%. But for this, yeah. it, it's almost like 50% because yeah. it's 95 pounds for men and 55 for women. And like, that's a big drop. Like I found for me, obviously I did it. I, I did the practice. I did it. And I'm, and I ended up, I'm like, you know what? This isn't for me. I've always been against barbell snatch movement. It's not a movement I like. I don't get the benefit of it. And, and the, the hold overhead for the overhead squat squat. I don't know why that's a more beneficial move than just squatting front back whatever and if someone has it please explain it to me so that i can get this out of my head and not be so biased against it but for me it just i was able to do it 
but I just don't think it's worth the risk for me. So I dropped down. I dropped down a division. I didn't like doing that, but this is not an A race for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to risk getting injured for my A races by doing something that I know is pushing. And I think it's for me, it's that that, that shoulder mobility, right? It's it seems to just be just a little too far off. And uh, yeah, I got to go with it. But other than that, it's gonna I mean, we're gonna have a good race, and I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna drop down a division, and I'm just gonna treat it like a big, like a like a long workout, and have a good time with it. Yeah. But. Yeah. So you miss out on handstand pushups then. And that sucks because I do, I like handstand pushups. I'm pretty good at those. And uh, there's a lot of things that really, chest to bar pull-ups too. Like um, that, this is, it is disappointing for me because there's a lot of things in that program that are my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know? um, even the the lunge thrusters, I, the walking lunge thrusters, I like those. Those are good. I'm down with that. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. uh, and the weight wasn't too bad. It's like 44 pounds. So that's okay. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's disappointing, but I can't risk the injury for it. And uh, yeah. It is a shame, and that does seem to, and this is where I might argue that RX1 might not be a hybrid race. Because to me, a hybrid race is lower on the skill level. Right? Like with, with DECA yeah. and High Rocks, it's, it's more basic, what I call real functional movements. Mm -hmm. Pushing, pulling, and like, like lifting kind of almost without form. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you know, push, pull, hinge, squat. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, whereas RX1 and CrossFit, which I do struggle to, like, if you ask me to define the difference, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, RX1 is definitely feeling a lot like uh, long high, long CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Endurance CrossFit would probably be yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's still great. I still love it. I just, I had to back out on this one and hopefully on the next, or drop down on this one. Hopefully on the next one, that won't be the case. Yeah. But as I'm not really concerned about the championship or anything like that, it doesn't matter. I'm just doing race individual race by race basis and I'll just fly from there. Mm -hmm. But oh well, um a couple of things, and we do have a guest later. But um where was the one thing I wanted to talk to? Um quickly, Canadian man, world's strongest man. Yes, Mitch Hooper, first yeah. Canadian world's strongest man. <laughs> I love I love the strongman competition. I mean, that's not something I'd never want to get into, but I so enjoy watching it. Yeah. So yeah, I met Mitch Huber when I went to go watch my oh, brother. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So he came down. Um, so the competition that was here in Guelph um about a month ago, Mitch mm -hmm. Huber came as he was the head judge. And uh, so he didn't compete there. And um, suit like honestly, one of the nicest guys. Like that that culture though, that group was like awesome, awesome group of people. Like the culture was fantastic. Everyone was really friendly. But he was so friendly. And um, he even he has a tattoo that says "Lift heavy, be kind." And uh, it's it's honestly his motto. So friendly. Um, yeah, I had I had my picture taken with him. Um, I'm literally a third of his size and he wrapped his arm around me and he gave me, he gave me a little like squeeze. And I was like, Oh, like, <laughs> like it actually took the breath, like, the breath out of me for a second. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a big guy. So, um, yeah. And it, his wife is like, is my size. It's she's, a, <laughs> so they're a cute couple. Um, but yeah, anyways, he won, he won the, which is like the world championships of, strong man this weekend so it was really 
awesome. I think it's a thing with those great big guys to have little wives. I met Terry Holland, <laughs> who's a, one of the world's strongest men competitors. I met him down in Mexico uh, on a resort. And his wife was just teeny tiny too. And and he was like 400 pounds. And and then yeah. I think uh, even Lou Ferrigno, I think Lou, Lou Ferrigno, same thing. I think it's a thing with them. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mitch would probably be around 400 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so cool. I mean, yeah. it's just great stuff to watch. Um, I, I haven't seen the actual event, so I want to try to search it out so I can watch it and check it out yeah so they had they had some of the similar events that my brother did too so that one where they throw the heavy kettlebells over the 14 foot bar they had to pull a van um they had they had the like single arm dumbbell press with like he was pressing i think his weight was like around 350 pounds with a single dumbbell um and then they had it was like um like our atlas stones and put it up on a pedestal i love (laughs) that one yeah, the Atlas Stones were obviously huge. So, yeah, they're really fun to watch. Um, so, Go Ruck Games, you said you checked out a bit of the Go Ruck Games. Yeah, I didn't see, like, just put videos that people were posting on Instagram. I didn't really see any sort of, like, live feeds or anything. I didn't know if there was one. I think um, Savage actually did a bit of one just off and on okay. on Instagram. Uh, I don't – and congrats uh, – uh it was matt kempson one and yeah i can't remember the woman's name off my top but i think she's a, a volleyball player like a pro volleyball yeah, player. carly wopit so she's the sister of um the guy who runs the battle bunker oh is she okay that's cool she's yeah. a beat yes so she makes girls like katie knight and Clipso sheridan look small and oh yeah she made matt kempson look small to be honest on the podium yeah um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that. Now, Austin, who runs Battle Bunker, I mean, he's a big dude too, right? Like, like that's mm-hmm. they they come from some some big stock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it looked a lot like last year with um, you know, a lot of rucking, some some overhead stuff, some sandbag stuff, and then wrestling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, and this year, I bitched about it a lot last year. I have no problem with the wrestling this year because they knew what they were doing going into it. Yeah, and a lot of them had prepared. Yeah. Uh, but did you see this year they added the weapons? Yeah, kind of like almost like a tactical games thing. Yeah, and in the rules it said uh, you got a point if you could make a fatal blow. <laughs> I guess they have, you know, military stuff. Um, but again, I don't understand the purpose to this event. Just because they didn't stream it. It's It's like an invite only. It's like... I don't get it. I don't, I Mm -hmm. I don't understand the purpose to it, but oh, well, I know there was a lot of people who didn't go and who weren't interested because of the wrestling and the the other stuff and and because they didn't know what it is. So they don't want to risk injury for their other events and and whatnot. Yeah. It's one of those events where you don't know what you're doing until you show up much like Spartan games. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, a lot of a lot of real athletes, no, I shouldn't say that. that's a horrible way to put it because the people who won were real athletes, but a lot of the athletes who let's say are focused on something else back away from it because they don't want to, they don't want to risk injury. And yeah. it's definitely something that would be very easy, easy to get injured, injured with. Um, high rock stuff, a little bit of high rocks news. Yeah. Uh, and high rocks Anaheim. So, uh, start with let's start with the good one you start with 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 Meg 
Yes, we have a women's world record first lady to break 60 minutes and by a significant margin. So she was 58 high. 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And in a U.S. course, which is nice to see also. Um, yeah, so 58 minutes for Meg. And uh, the second place girl, so Belle mm, Farlin, I forget her yep. last name. Farlin, uh, 104. So. Yeah, and I think that's her second high rocks, and she's podium both, so she's definitely someone coming up. Um, yeah. And I, did that get her in the top 15? I don't think so. I'll look quickly, but um, while I look at that, look so... Yeah. Both we'll go through two. We'll I'll go we'll look through that. So we'll see if that put her in the top fifteen. I don't think it did. Um, it's it's it is good to see on an American course that she went that fast, and obviously she's good. And undoubtedly, with um, Michaela, kind of from what people are saying, not being at one hundred percent right now, um, this definitely has to make Meg the favorite going into Manchester. Like, oh, yeah. You know. Yes, for sure. Um, I'm just checking now. So that does put Belle McFarlane in the top 15. Does she where she sit? Uh, eighth. Eighth. Wow, remember? So that time, probably last year, what had her sitting like top three. Yeah, yeah. So she, she was just 10 seconds faster than Tara Jackson's time. Nice. Yeah, so that's really solid. Yeah, I mean, always known like Tara's always in there, right? She's always in the hunt. She she might not be the favorite, but she's going to be right up there. Um, so this, okay, wait. Uh, yeah, I, hopefully this is an updated list, though. Okay, they're usually pretty good about it. Yeah, okay. So Yeah, because I don't, yeah, they're not showing Meg's time on here, though. But they're showing Belle's time, so. All right. Well, Meg's time would be, she would already have her automatic qual because she had the, uh, the, right. the two podium finishes, so it wouldn't need to show her time. So her qual would probably be listed as the podium time that she had from then. Um, yeah. So then yeah. And on the men's side, Ryan Kent threw down like another 57 and looked like he did it coasting. With a smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that, was, that course looked like it may have been one of the fastest American courses of all time. Mm -hmm. And... And right now, Kent has looks like he's coming into form at the right time. A uh, couple of takeaways, too, on the men's side, obviously. So Hunter came out flying, looking really pretty good. Um, and then come time, this you know, he, he, he gapped the field. And then come time, they hit the sled pull. Kent just caught back up and passed him which was, yeah. was pretty impressive. I mean, to pass Hunter on the sled pull, especially when he'd already gapped you, is, is pretty impressive. And then carried on, and as they ran, Hunter made a, a, a push and caught up to Kent. You could see just Hunter's face in pain. Said something to Kent, and then he just dropped off and dropped out. And his reasoning was, he said he wanted a world record today. He didn't have that kind of effort in him, and so why bother finishing? And so I wanted to ask you quickly about that. Like, I am not used to that kind of mindset. But I do understand that um, it does happen in the track world a lot. People dropping out when they can't run something. 
yeah when they can't when they can't when they can't hit a time or if they're not going to podium or whatever and you know the pace is just off they just say oh, okay that's it i'm done is that is that a little more common yeah i like i wouldn't say so much in the short stuff it, i sometimes when in the long stuff like a marathon if you're if you're just racing for qualifying times to make teams or something sometimes you won't do something like finish a full marathon if you're not going to hit a time because what it will take out of you to finish will require too much recovery time taken away from potentially getting into another build and qualifying in another race with a time. Um, but like, I'm a bit, it's, it's so funny in this world right now too, because we see world records dropping two, three times in a year because this sport is so new. So to hear someone say, oh, I wasn't going to set a world record, so I dropped out. Um, that seems a, a little bit funny to me um, because he he just set a world record. So to think that your body is going to peak that many times in a short time span. So you're going to better something that you did uh, like a few weeks ago. Um I'm not really sure how, why logically that would have been his goal where it's like world record or, or drop out. Um, High rocks isn't so long that he couldn't be back training and, you know, back at hundred percent within a couple of days. So I don't really understand the logic behind not just getting it out for the sake of uh, getting the race in. Um, I mean, it's also like this is after the sled pull, you feel like garbage. So I think to drop out that early and at that point, and he made a really quick effort to catch up to Kent, which is not going to feel good. Yeah. And then you made the decision to drop out. It just, it seemed really, really odd to me. Um, maybe more like he didn't like the feeling of not winning or maybe being beaten by Kent more so. It was yeah, I think it might come down to Hunter realize he didn't have it for Kent that day that Kent was was the better guy on the day and he decided that I'm not going to give Kent that mental edge going into London and I'm just gonna pull out and that way he hasn't he didn't beat me clean you know what I mean but then doesn't Kent have the mental edge anyways because he feels like Hunter is breakable yeah but you know like Hunter, make like... a solid push on Hunter and then he mentally can't handle it like this doesn't also this doesn't really work in Hunter's favor no, no, I know, but I mean, I, I'm just trying to to get the logic to it because I don't understand that. Well, I can't set a record. I'm going home. I traveled all the way here and did all this, and I know Anaheim from Malibu is not that that big a travel, but he still put in the effort. He still got ready. He got all ready to race and good to go. And then just no, nah, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out. But whatever, we'll see. I, I mean, we'll never understand the mind of Hunter anyway. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Two more, two more quick takeaways from from there. Uh, one, Rich Ryan did not set himself a top 15 time it doesn't look like he's going to take another stab at it overseas because that was the last chance in north america so he's going to have to rely on a roll down i think he's sitting around 17th so i don't want to say it's unlikely that he gets in but not too many people turn down that that top 15 so barring an injury or sickness or something i don't think we're going to see rich ryan in it and again it just shows the poor system they're using for qualifying because rich should be in there we all know that we all know he's quite capable and on course to course he's gonna he's gonna be a top 10 to top five guy 
So very disappointing. Um, but we've we've beat that horse to dead death, and hopefully after London they will fix that. And then Jesse Bruce went down there to Anaheim, and I believe now has the fastest Canadian time. I think he ran faster than Austin with a one hundred three two. Um, so sixty three with two seconds, which is a, a damn good time. And uh, it's good to see. So hopefully, maybe, maybe we'll have some Canadians in the 2024 top 15. It would be super exciting to see. And you'd have to say, obviously, mm-hmm. Jesse and, and Austin right now are our, our best bets. Yeah. Um, so I was yelling yeah, like to say last High Rocks to come. And I think High Rocks is supposed to announce today some more fall races uh, in North America. So, so fingers uh, crossed, maybe Toronto. <laughs> maybe I haven't. So I haven't seen I haven't seen them yet. And I, granted, I'm I'm still on strange hours, so I haven't even had a chance to check out Instagram. So we'll see. I'll take a look. Um, but let's get to our guest. Uh, we today we have Leon Kofid. He's coming off doing a uh, doing the Spartan 3K and a recent Savage race. He came over for a trip, and mostly we want to get his thoughts on the Spartan 3K because this is something that we would have said was hand built for Leon was 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 a race that he should be all over so here we go leon kofed all right everybody this is your not host leon kofel on the podcast today uh, and before we get going to whatever it is y'all want to talk to me about i want to know how you two are doing oh well beth you go first me i'm doing really good i'm on a new training program i feel a bit beat up but it's good i'm excited Beat up might lead to uh, very successful and super fit at some point. Yeah, that's the pl- that's the plan. I'm hopeful. What you're training for, Beth? Um, mostly functional fitness racing, like DECA. Mm-hmm. Those are my goals. But yeah, I'm gonna do some Spartan races locally. But DECA. Are you world. trend hopping like 80 percent of the OCR community here, <laughs> just abandoning the mud running uh, ship to go and throw weights around and do the every broad jumps? <laughs> well for me it just I don't live near mountains and I own a gym so the training is just so much more convenient for me oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's your world too that's isn't it Leon like you oh mean- dang yeah I went running today and it was this flatted pancake I even ran trail um but I easily kept like a 340 per k for a tempo in the forest which says a lot about um whether or not you're running up or down hills <laughs> Today we call it rolling, but I'm pretty sure most Americans or Canadians would laugh at the, that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about you, Dave? Are you also doing bicep curls, shoulder presses, and tossing sleds around? Yeah, I'm doing that, but I'm still I still have my obstacle garage, man. I'm still getting ready. I'm actually going to jump in the Spartan 3K in uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, sweet! Yeah, I yeah. might join that one. Oh, do it, dude! Do it. That'd be awesome. I I think it's going to be a good field too, because I think you're going to have. I'm hearing guys like like the the race brain guys I hear are coming out for that one. So I think oh. Bracken's going to do it. Rich Ryan will be there. That's motivating. Jack, you know yourself. So I think it'll be a good fun field. Like I'm not expecting to make the final, but if I can make past Q1, I'll be pretty happy. The thing is, like the okay. So let's talk 3K series. I raced the first uh, North American Elite Series 3K format. Yeah. Um, it was a really cool event. Happened down in Florida, pretty close to Miami. Um in Boca Raton. Um, I think they call it Palm Beach. Much closer to Boca Raton, though. Um, the event was supposed to have 45 women, 45 men battle it out. And then in the first elimination round, which is a 1K, 10 to 12 obstacles, they would sort out one-third of these. We would be 30 people for the second round. At 1K round again, 
you would run it in like not all at the same time, of course. And then finally you would have only 15 men, 15 women go head to head in the finals, which would be three, three times, three times around the world, meaning three times one K totaling about 36 obstacles. Um, Unfortunately, for the first event, not a ton of people showed up, meaning for the women's category, they actually had to cut out the first qualifier, only host a second qualifier, and only saw five women stand uh, at the start line in the actual finals. I do believe that having a lot of other high-level events happening at the same time, like GORUG, uh, High Rocks Anaheim, where a new world record was set for the women by Mecca Jacoby, which was pretty fucking mind-blowing, to be honest. Um that definitely did impact. And I think a lot of people were a little apprehensive to like sign up and fly out. But takeaways were, even though we were not as many as we originally thought, it actually came together really, really well. The men's competition, which obviously was the one that I did, um, had enough people to go around for uh, two prelims and a final. And that was actually a ton of fun. Um, Talking about changing your training up, if you're prepping for any DECA slash hybrid style stuff this will transfer pretty well into doing this 3k series it's a much shorter format but working so anaerobically in your muscles while trying to do like aerobic work here wow that was painful um but otherwise fun um so yeah you guys are you guys are chipping in at beth you're joining at the 3k in in pocahontas as well or pocono <laughs> i call it pocahontas it's easier to remember i'm still on the fence about it I'm going to pull her off that fence because she needs to go there because <laughs> like with the women's field being the way it is and her speed and, and oh, geez, Beth, you get, you can eat this up. There's some cash to be won. <laughs> I could probably be swayed. <laughs> there you go. See that? See, Beth, if I'm, com- if I'm coming all the way over there to, to the land of the donut, you're, you're coming as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There. You can carpool with us. We're good to go. Yeah, it, is that it, like a, an accessible drive for you too? Like where you from where you are? That's about seven and a half hours. That's two times across Denmark. Okay, yeah, but for me, that's what we can. That's what we consider an accessible <laughs> drive. I mean, like anything under yeah. ten, anything under ten is doable, right? That's no problem. Yeah, I, I, I used to like want to like road trip a lot, and then I went to America, and I, we <laughs> my like my second trip to America, we did like a three week road trip. And after that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. This is a lot. This is almost too much. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I like I commute almost an hour and a half each way every day. Each way, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you're so fit. That's incredible. Yeah, I, oh, I can drive. I can drive. I'm like one of the greatest endurance drivers in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, Besides the fact that uh, suburb America somehow ruined uh, public uh, transportation for right. for the entire country, yeah. um, then we should zoom back to the to the Spartan event, which was actually really really cool. So if people have a chance to go, I definitely recommend it. It burns, it hurts. Uh, I of course got to run Q one, Q two, and the final. That's not a it, it wasn't a given. I didn't have like incredible times uh, in the beginning, so I was a little worried if I would make the cut for the final. Um, so I can see that if you travel out there, you only get to run run one k. That may seem a little demotivating, um, but you don't really know until you're there. And all it takes it for one person to make one mistake on one obstacle, which can happen to anybody, um, you you are that person's out. Like you're never gonna recover for from a penalty loop on a one k. 
No, on a 3K meter, you make a penalty, you're out of the competition. Except Manu Dufo, who managed to make a penalty and still finish second in the competition, which was pretty mind blowing to people. He was moving. And I mean, and the nice thing about it, I mean, that's a name we don't know, right? That's a new guy on the scene. That's that's somebody that's not commonplace in the OCR uh vernacular and now he's he's there so i mean that was great to see oh yeah he's but he's a plus 40 he's been crushing races in europe for a ton of time yeah, yeah. um and it's uh when i saw his name i, I thought steve he was steve or jack bauer one of them told me and i was like manu is, is he what is he coming and i was like god dang it i thought <laughs> i would at least be the fastest european over here and manu came and he brought god dang Yanka over to whoop booty and then run second place for the women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was great. They were both impressive. Um, so watching the whole format thing, a couple of things that come out that I notice is one, the the rest rest time between uh between waves was not that much. Like it was a quick turnaround. Pretty painful. <laughs> How much time Pretty did painful. you have between Q1 and Q2? Not terribly long. Um I want to say like um 15-ish minutes. Um, but honestly, like that felt pretty good because you, you have enough time to recover. Uh, the hardest thing is like when you ran it, if you had like a not incredible race and you felt like, dang, am I warm enough? Did I like sell out here? If those thoughts are more toxic uh, than than rest time because um, you you you'll maybe enter Q two a little uh, holding a little bit too much back on effort or overselling or something so in in the 15 minutes it was like enough to like get a little bit of energy get some hydro taps maybe get a, a bit of a bar or some water a little bit of red bull whatever you needed and then um that was good and after q2 you get a, we got about a solid 30 minute uh rest um but of course the format here i guess is relatively new mm-hmm. and i don't want to oversell a product here it's just if this is what racing is going to be now then for for this exact format, um, then considering that it was actually pretty cool, um, it was actually pretty cool. So I watched it right, and through OCR report, I was watching it, and something struck me. And this is kind of actually something I kind of predicted going into it. I enjoyed watching the qualifying rounds more than the final. Oh, definitely. The, the qualifying rounds looked like a lot of fun, and it was pay, high paced, and again higher stakes for any kind of mistake. Whereas mm-hmm. in the, when on the 3k final, you know, I mean, once they got a little spread out, that's why, why Manu was able to recover because it was a 3k. If he had done that in the qualifying rounds, all of a sudden, maybe out. he doesn't, maybe he doesn't make the next round, you know, like it's, I really, I, th- I think it should be 1k, 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 just three 1k <laughs> heats. I would love that. I, I can see the, um, I can definitely see the, uh, the positive parts of, of doing something like that. I've also participated a few times in an OCR 400, where we mm-hmm. have basically a, a track where you start and finish uh, at the same spot. And you do like, I think we had, I've tried a, a few of these where anywhere between like seven and 12 obstacles. So it is just like high paced, high risk, big jumps. And it looks, it looks god dang incredible. I think it's a little hard to get participation for a format like that. It's already like a little bit difficult as it is here. But I agree, like as a, as a viewer-friendly element, that is amazing. Um, and uh, also as the OCR report is slowly improving on the live coverage things, I think they will also um, see and learn 
more about how to cover the different Q, uh, the different qualifying heats, because it's very hard to follow and get in times and splits. But whatever is the first will be a little awkward and a little bit uh, difficult for for most. Yeah, they they also had the uh, the issue too where Spartan didn't cooperate a bit and they were sending the heats overlapped. So while the first heat was still running, then the next set of guys went. It's like, oh, well, let us finish watching those guys and then go to the next guy. Exactly. Because, I mean, you could have just sent Q1 off with like a 10-minute yeah. so that every lap would like... But is it then is it then unfair because like Q2 knows how, like how fast to go, Q3 definitely knows like how fast to go. I don't know about that. You could have first just keep that information like not shared. Sure. But I would have liked to have seen the coverage where you would divide it up a little bit more, but of course the coverage would be quite long because then you would spend at least 40 minutes in Q1. It's a little less in Q2. It, it's a long coverage, right? Yeah, 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 it's long. Did, um, did they tell you beforehand how much rest you would have and stuff like that? No, nah, I figured most of that stuff out when I got there. Like, uh, we had ideas and, and there's been like test events in Mexico and so on, and I, I know people from the Philippines who race, so Try to get a little, little hook on it, but I didn't want to set my mind specifically on something. Because imagine I start doing like a bunch of visualization, um, and then you go there and it's been changed. So Beth, imagine you want to go to do a DECA, and all of a sudden they tell you, well, instead of doing Ram Burbies, you have to do Ram Burby backflips. <laughs> uh, like just beforehand, and you're like, wait, what? I did not prepare for this. Uh, but you visualize and train for something. So if I train for a specific thing and I, I show up and I, I mean, Deca, they're never going to do Ram Burby backflips because it's like light. It's super dangerous and nobody <laughs> can do it. Like almost nobody can do it. Um, um, so of course that wouldn't happen. But an event like this where everything is a little bit fluid and ever changing right now because it's a new thing, I didn't want to like prepare for anything specific there. Um, but had I known like more about the time, I would maybe have tried to simulate it a little bit more. Because, I mean, it, it was great training. I feel like I'm in better shape after having done the 1K, 1K, 3K. It's just like a really hard workout. I, I Sorry, Beth, go ahead. Yeah, well, I just want to know how you felt about the obstacle choices. Because just from the list that I saw, there wasn't really, there was only really one actual failable obstacle. Just the one rig. And seawall. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think obstacle selection were, wasn't, wasn't optimal. But then again... Um, I also understand that they built this course around the three k around a sprint course the following day. They had to do with whatever they had around, and I'm sure the obstacles will change. So it's not like total standardization. And if this was like televised, they would probably and had a bunch of money. They would probably be like prioritized some obstacles that were like even cooler. So you would make sure that maybe twisters there or another rig or a different type, type of carry or a hoist, like a hoist is just legendary. It's also interesting to like not have the spear in there. I mean, I miss my spear the fall the next day. So maybe it's a good thing. Um, but that's also so classic Spartan, like throwing a spear. It, I mean, I, I don't, I've never enjoyed it as, because I think it's a little random in some senses. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, definitely you could have you could have chosen other obstacles um, if you had unlimited money and unlimited time. You could probably have made an incredible setup here. But for for what they had, and I ran the sprint course the next day to get an understanding of the terrain. I see for for what they had going on there, it 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 was actually pretty good. 
Now, something happened, and this is a pet peeve of mine, Leon, and I imagine as an obstacle dude, it's got to drive you nuts too. Maybe Ooh, I'm wrong. My feelings. I know where you're heading. I'm already single-tearing it. Grabbing the straps? Oh, not even that. No, I fell off the rig. I thought you were going to... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not teasing. Leon, I wasn't even going to mention that. I was going to leave that. Just let that slide. I'm going to mention that. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to need to make a lot of fun of it because that was just stupid. But it's actually a little bit funny because... Um, a lot of the qualifiers I ran, I didn't get a lot of coverage because I was in like the, the second mm-hmm. heat. So the, the, the rapids weren't there, but I was actually running really well. I was doing stuff quite well. And I was like, dang it, son, I'm, I'm fit. Like, I'm, this is like going good. Training's been good. I flew to America. I'm like, I, I'd like to get like that uh, mm-hmm. thing going on. And, um, and then they show like the last lap of the final where I'm like clinging onto a rig and I make just the stupidest mistake you can uh, imagine. It was like half arrogance half just being a child like i grabbed to one of those spartan rings anybody who ran a spartan sprint in america north america knows that those rings are a little bit slippery of nature yeah the black plastic Um, ones black plastic ones or red plastic ones and they're a little slippery and we had very wet hands i just forgot to account for the fact that of course other wet hands had already been on the ring so when I let go and started swinging, I just immediately felt like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> um, I, I knew it would happen before I fell off. I was like trying to hold on to my dear life. But yeah, at that point, I'd just been, I was just pretty gassed. You know, like I, I, I felt like I could probably have done pull-ups, but like my actual like gripping ability at that point was a little bit off. So that was, that was pretty embarrassing. I'm still working on like how to, make more jokes about that. I got a little bit of video from it. <laughs> I want to title my blog about the race the day I failed the rig. Oh, God. The Spartan rig. <laughs> a Spartan rig. The day I failed a Spartan rig. Yeah, we need to make a little fun about that. I yeah. should get back on my own program and take things a little seriously. It's not that I haven't been training. I have. It's just I made a little mistake during the race, and everybody does. Sometimes. Well, sometimes I've I've had that happen to me before, where you're get you're almost like one apparatus ahead. You're thinking one ahead, and you're not focused on the one you're on. You know, so I'm like I'm thinking about the oh, next yeah. grab, and I'm not focusing on the one that I actually have in my hand. Definitely, um, definitely, and um, and furthermore, yeah, like the grabbing on straps uh, <sighs> rule is is stupid. Um, it shouldn't it shouldn't be allowed. But, and I think the organizers agree, it's just that the rule book hasn't been updated and it hasn't been changed. So until but then, is, people this, grab, grab hold of whatever you want to grab hold of. But I mean, I, I have no problem different. with the, I have no problem with the people who do it because it's within the rules and they're letting them do it. I have, like I said, this is a, this has been a, a thorn in my side for what, three years now that have been going on yeah, about this? Yeah, definitely. So, so it's, they've had time to change this rule and they just wrote the rule for the 3K. They went to the trouble mm. to put on the harder apparatus to make the rig hard. Oh, definitely, definitely. And then they're like, don't don't use it. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a shame. I mean, um, also, even like they had nunchuck ropes on the rig, and those ropes were actually pretty nice to grab because yeah. they kind of sucked some of the moist out of the hand. Mm-hmm. Whereas a plastic ring will just leave you mm-hmm. on your booty. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was just this thing. Uh, at first, nobody was using it. Like I saw, and I'm like, "Oh, great, great." Maybe they put the rule in, and then I saw a couple of people mm-hmm. do it, and then everybody's going to do it. And I was like, oh, "Damn it!" Mm-hmm. On the last lap, I noticed like people were getting tired. 
So that was a big thing when everybody said when they did the Spartan Cross was they couldn't believe how bad it sucked their grip and how taxing it it did. So from you, Mm. who's like uh, in the OCR community, a grip legend and has the awesome grip program, which you can still order, which is a fantastic program. I've said it for years. Done. It's going. It's actually going quite well. Like every every other day, like new people are taking in and like trying to get a grip, get a grip at home, which is really cool. It's a fantastic Feed, feedback. Still great. So I was thought I thought I would have to like update that thing more uh, regularly, but I just think it's a good program. So that it's like it'll live for a long time without having I don't have to do a lot of stuff about it. And now it's out in like six languages, which is pretty cool. So if anybody wanna um, wanna practice Spanish or German or Italian or Dutch, it's right there. Is that you talking Spanish, Italian, and Dutch, or is this like a? a oh shit! No, a, no, dude. The video, the video. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it just to watch you speak in the other languages. Oh, <laughs> I wish. I mean, I could. No, refilming those would take forever. I don't know if people appreciate like how much time I spend filming these things on crutches and then editing videos and and say that was that was. Um, I mean, I was on my booty with a broken leg, so you know, I had some chill time. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely uh, <laughs> that took time, <laughs> took a lot of time. <laughs> well, it was, it was it was worth it. It was worth it for me. It helped me a lot. I know that. Um, oh, but yeah, so I was saying, how was it taxing for your grip? And plus, they it, you know it didn't have quite as oh, many dude, grip obstacles as my, as my the... arms felt nothing, yeah. nothing. My arms felt not a single thing during that race. I just ran so hard that mm-hmm. the, like my entire body and system just failed. Like, honestly, a Spartan monkey bar, if you get up to that, like, you have super no heart rate, you're kind of warm, everybody could do the Spartan monkey bar, all right? Dry, good temperature, you're warm, you're feeling good. I could teach almost anybody with, like, enough grip strength to hold on body weight to do that obstacle. So could you. Not a problem. Now add in moist, add in speed, but even more, like, add in just fatigue. If you if you have to do a, a one Spartan monkey bar, but before you do that, you do a one mile faster time of your life. And as soon as you're done with that mile, you have to do the monkey bar. The monkey bar all of a sudden becomes an issue. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, even though the obstacles are simple, and if you put them out individually, there would be very easy obstacles to handle. Um, it does become a little hard, like when you're super fatigued. For me, it wasn't a grip thing. Like, do I have like enough strength? When I fell off, it was more like I misjudged the uh, wetness on the on the on the actual ring so when I, I i could feel it i was like oh no man it's just me being not cautious enough for for this setup i was in but like actually feeling tired in my upper body no i think if you added in maybe like a herc hoist and a twister yeah now we're talking about it now especially the herc hoist i think people would get fatigued because it's so much like pull with biceps and back muscles. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that'd be good too. Like if they could throw a few more. So if you were to, that's so I guess if you were to improve it, that's how you'd improve it. Just put in a few more, more taxing things. Yeah, sure. Um, it would depend on like what they had available, of course. I don't think we should uh, go go rock style and shove no. weight on people and stuff. I want people to move fast. And I want it to look good. I know, like, some of the guys were joking around with, like, double sandbag. But can you imagine, like, you're trying to watch this, like, super high pay, super cool event. And then all of a sudden you have 15 top athletes literally walking because they're weighed down by, like, almost their entire body weight. It'll look, it'll look so stupid. Um, 
But I like the speed. I like the movements in there. Um, and yeah, I like the format as well. Yeah. No complaints there. Um, of course, I mean, I also really like running Savage Race like a few weeks before that. Um, it's always a blast and it's always a really, really good time. Um, so that's really great. What What are you guys doing for OCR events like the next uh, half a year? I know, Beth, you're, you're doing DECA, of course, but um, you, you're both going to Pennsylvania, but are you doing other like local events or are you traveling for anything? Beth? Yeah, we don't, we're not really that close to Savage races. So we'd have some Spartan races that are kind of local, like within that seven hour drive radius. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, I as well. Um, I'm going to hit, well, there's a couple of ones. Like I said, I'm going to do that. We're going to go down to Pennsylvania and hit maybe a local Spartan and stuff like that. Um, we did, and, we, and we're hopefully going to cover this soon. We did just find out actually that one of the Canadian OCRs that was had gone away called Northman is actually firing back up. So oh, sweet. So that's great news to hear. And I may go and do oh, uh that's we have the another... organizer that made like Goth, right? Yeah. Um Marco Bedard. Have you ever heard of Marco Bedard? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's running it. Sweet. So you I mean that's he's he's a former Canadian Olympian and an OG OG obstacle course racer, like one of the one of the best back back from the beginning. That's incredible. Battle frog days. That's really, really good. I hope he figures out a way to market that so yeah. people show up. Oh, yeah. Well, Northman was here for a while, and it was good, and they were getting really good turnout. And then let's just say there were some ownership slash business people issues. And oh, yeah. That's like away. a classic way of killing things. Yeah, exactly. And went away, and now it looks like... And we're actually, we're hoping to be talking to Marco next week, so we, um, we'll find out all the details, but now I believe it is him fully in charge and doing the whole thing. So that mm. can only spell great things. So yeah, that, and I might hit a, I might hit a dead in three K we'll see, but um, I have a lot of deck and stuff too. That was, it's again, because we have now five. You guys are going to be like way more jacked than me when I see you again, when you yeah. meet like OCRWC or something, Beth, your, your biceps are going to be like busting me out. That's and always your shoulders are going to be like, just big like it's gonna be hard for you to like even do a running motion for the big show no, i don't think that's my body at all i don't think i can do it i can't go like that. i imagine you only eat, like rice and chicken at the moment just blend it with like raw eggs just like get bigger biceps for like that kind of stuff so just like she's just walking through the whole foods and everybody's like who's that girl with the quads oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah all you like... should just change your insta names like quadzilla and just get at it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah much more legs and arms <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, oh yeah it's, right, guys i know i'm running into yeah. a time limit before long uh anything uh anything y'all want to talk about before uh, it's no. bedtime we're good and we just appreciate you coming on um anything that you want to plug again uh, put out the, um your grip program where we can find it because it is no, still that's cool that's cool it's uh, it's on my website, leoncofa.com, where y'all can read funny blogs as well. Um, but I, I no need to plug it. I feel like it's uh, it's been plugged a lot, and people really dig it. That's really good. I was glad to see you guys again, and it looks like you're you're both doing uh, doing really well. That's fantastic, buddy. Uh, Beth, take us home. Yeah, thanks so much, Leon, for joining us, um, and all the and congrats again on your three K this weekend. And we will be seeing you soon, maybe at the next one. Maybe. <laughs>